When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is going on, Bar Down Breakdown? We got our boy Travis here from No Dice. You'll notice that we are missing a square, and that is because Big Tom came down with 102 fever this morning. in urgent care, so send some well wishes to our, our man Tom, and hopefully it's not COVID-related and it's a speedy recovery. But Well, Tom. <laughs> super pumped to have Travis here from No Dice. Travis, what's going on, man? How's it going, man? Oh, I'm good, man. Appreciate you having me on. Thanks. Hell yeah, dude. It's been like, you know, we've been doing this show for over two years now at this point, and I'm always like trying to to just like check off a fan for every team. And Columbus, surprisingly, has been super hard for us to check off, even though like I'll I'll get guests on that live in the state of Ohio, but they're like penguins fans or sabers fans but they're not blue jackets fans yeah i'm not surprised i mean to be honest well it's like you know well it's not even a newer team because we've been around for 20 years but i don't know a lot of my buddies that are fans now you know they grew up as like red wings fans or pittsburgh fans and then converted when the team came like you know but we were all probably like seven you know five six seven eight years old at that time so i'm not surprised because i don't know if it was flipped it's hard to switch allegiances like that you know what i mean so but i am kind of shocked that you couldn't get a single one (laughs) until me like i don't know kind of shocked but not really i guess but yeah so we we've are you familiar with the band the safest ledge they're in the like columbus cleveland Mm. area no no 
yeah, I was like, this this is the one. This is the one. Yeah, <laughs> he's definitely <laughs> he's gonna be Jackets a Blue Jackets guy. fan. <laughs> but he was a Penguins fan, so that's that's even worse. That's yeah, that's it couldn't get any worse than that. But I'm I guess, sure he was a nice guy. No, he he was awesome. So I guess um, let's talk about that because y- you mentioned how you know the team came into existence about twenty years ago. So I'm guessing you you're around like the twenty five to twenty seven range. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's actually funny. So just like quick backstory while we're talking about the formation of the team. Um, so that's actually the whole reason I live in Ohio. So my dad, um, he worked for MSG Network in New York. I was born in New Jersey. Um, so he was uh, working for MSG Network for the Rangers and the Knicks. And then both of my parents are from Ohio. Um, so then he got word that a NHL fran- new NHL franchise was starting in Ohio, and they always kind of wanted to move back um, to Ohio. So, yeah, just applied for the job, got it, and then we moved. And so, yeah, we moved here in 2000, so when the team started. So, See, I was going to I was going to bring that up because I I actually did a little research and and found that out and I was like, yeah. "Oh, this is super cool. I can't wait to talk about it." And I found yeah. like your dad's Twitter page mm-hmm. and like because I'm a, a huge Islander fan, so all of the, like the Islanders MSG guys yeah, yeah. follow your dad. And oh, I'm like, okay. "All right, this guy's pretty this important." Guy. And then I like started <laughs> doing some research and I was like, "Oh, he works for like the the broadcast side of Columbus, the, the yeah. Blue Jackets. Yeah, but he retired newly, recently. Newly retired. Yeah, this is his uh, first year off the clock. So, yeah, he put in uh, 20, 20 seasons, twenty one years, counting the lockouts. Um, but so uh, nineteen and a half, I guess technically, with the half year and the full lockout year. But, anyways, um, but yeah, had a great run in Columbus and. Uh, that's why that's where the super fandom began for me. Ha- started out kind of by force, just to support the <laughs> support dad and his livelihood. Um, but it, as I grew up, I mean, I loved hockey from the first game I went to. So, like, I was at the inaugural game with my mom, um, yeah. sitting in the stands playing uh, Chicago. We lost that game. <laughs> it, it was kind of an omen to what was to come the next t- decade of Jackets hockey, I guess, in a sense. But um, yeah, no. So I, yeah, I love the team and uh, I'm always thankful that it brought me here to Ohio. So when your dad was with the Rangers, was, was he there like the cup year? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I was born in 93. They won 94. Um, but yeah, so he, yeah, he was working for the team when they won the cup and uh, yeah, it's kind of funny. I have like this like old picture because every like all the staff, you know, get to take pictures with the cup. So I got this old photo of him. It's like one of my favorite pictures of him. And he's like with the cup and he's like, yeah. And uh, and he didn't like, put you hilarious. in the cup. No, no, no. I was I was sleeping or something. I don't know. I was, that would have like, been a great like, yeah, I know. Christmas card picture. <laughs> yeah, it probably would have been. I don't know. I'm sure some I'm sure someone did with some some of the faculty probably brought their kids in and stuff. But no, I was just just dad. I was just I was a newborn man. I was just a little. I, I probably would have been crying or something, you know, <laughs> pooping all over the place. <laughs> Sounds like something I would do. So, yeah, no, Amen. but uh, yeah, but he was there for '94, which, I, I, yeah, if you ask him, obviously that was one of his best hockey moments working uh, working in the league. So, and then uh, you know when they moved to then Columbus, you know, in. in 2000 99 whatever it was 
like mm-hmm. yeah the the buzz of a new franchise is definitely a real thing like you, you see it right now with seattle and i'm sure you know when the islanders came into existence in 72 like the same thing like you know we're getting a new team like their new arena so mm-hmm. like being a seven-year-old kid what was that like? Because, you know, I'm sure you were already, a, you know, a huge hockey fan. So yeah. at that point, it, it must have been super exciting. Yeah, no, it definitely was. And, um, you know, I think the biggest concern with starting a new franchise in Columbus, Ohio, is the competition with Ohio State football. Um, so I I think a lot of people, I don't think people were worried about it, obviously, because they still made the team. But... I think if anything, it showed people because I, I I don't know if people really thought like the fan base was going to be there from the start. But I think if anything, it just proved that like Columbus is a good sports community, no matter like what it is. And like all of our teams have been very well supported. And uh, like, yeah, and then starting having the team start in Columbus, like, yeah, I was excited. I mean, honestly, I'll be honest, like when growing up, like I don't remember watching like Rangers games like at home, surprisingly. Um, like I knew what my dad did kind of like not really. I don't know. I was like five at this point. Like I just knew he worked for a hockey team and a basketball team. And that was kind of kind of it. But I think when we finally when we moved here and then i started going to games consistently that was the other thing too traveling from new jersey to new york like my dad took uh, the subway in and so it was just not as accessible in the city trying to get like a whole family and like crammed into (laughs) the the train and like go into games like i definitely went to a couple but honestly i don't really remember them the only like thing i remember about going to madison square garden was like shooting on the basketball hoops like the Knicks court one time and like I, I yeah and like that's like kind of like my only like light bulb memory I guess of Madison Square Garden was just shooting on the court one time and um yeah but like I said but once we moved to Ohio and we lived 15 minutes from the arena we just got our house and the started going to more games I said that's definitely when the the fandom kicked off and I uh I was just a huge fan off the jump. And uh, now I remember I was scared. I was scared the first game I ever went to. Cause like, I don't know, like it's not like this anymore, but like, dude, like the first fight, the first fight at nationwide arena, dude, people were like chucking beer bottles and like throwing stuff. Like people didn't know, like, like etiquette i guess like hockey (laughs) etiquette like dude it was terrifying and i remember dude i was like freaking out and my mom's like it's okay it's okay (laughs) like we're okay but i like it was bad and i remember like they didn't know to like not have lids on the cups so like the lids got stuck to the ice and it took like 20 minutes to clean off the ice because people kept throwing shit on the ice and i was like losing my mind so then dude it's funny because well it was like one how do you not think of this like you're obviously like take notes from other nhl teams like don't put lids on your cups because they stick to the ice i maybe they probably didn't think people were gonna throw them but uh yeah i just remember it was kind of a shit show 
and then they stopped putting lids on cups <laughs> and then uh they were like i remember there was like a huge like arena announcement they're like please do not throw items on the <laughs> like my boy greg murray man he's like attention <laughs> like please don't throw shit on the ice when there's a fight and uh it kind of calmed down after that but i remember that first game people just exploded like they had never like i don't know this is probably a lot of people's first hockey game honestly but like it went it went nuts and like yeah i just remember it was crazy and then everyone kind of figured it out and then it was good from there but i still loved it though i was hyped like after the tears but when the game got back on i was like all right let's go let's get it going so no crazy crazy tangent story but no i love it it was it was crazy And then, you know, with having a dad who works on the production side, you probably had a little bit of, you know, all access before games or after games to maybe interact with some of your favorite players or like, you know, I, so I kind of have a similar story. Um, not my my not my personal father, but my neighbor across the street who was the same age as me. His dad was the PA announcer for the Islanders. Oh, so nice. he, he was probably like the Greg like Murray. Greg Murray yeah. <laughs> so, uh. <laughs> You know, when we were younger in the 90s, we would come home from school and get off the bus and his dad would be, would be waiting there like, all right, guys, we're going to the game. And oh, like, that's awesome. Yeah, we would be like in the press boxes and player, you know, like the the suites or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we'd be kind of like bumping elbows with the players, families and players, kids and stuff like that. And we didn't really like realize how special that was at the moment. Yeah. But now when we look back, we're like man, like that was like Pierre Turgeon's family. Like, this is kind of <laughs> crazy. Right. That was pretty sick. Yeah, no, I, yeah, definitely. Like, I remember a lot of times, because working, like working for the broadcasting portion of the team, um, like I just remember always going up to um, like the press boxes up on like um, the press level of the arena. And, um, you know, at the time, like always, like going in and talking to uh uh george matthews who was our original uh radio play-by-play um and then um billy davidge and just all the you know all the media personnel and like knowing all of those guys and like i don't know it's always cool like my dad always says like the best people like the best people to work with are in hockey like they're all the nicest guys and he's like and it's exact it, it it's a hundred percent accurate. Like all these guys are so nice and they're so personable and like they're so polite, maybe because they're all Canadian. I don't know, but they're, they're all great guys. And, uh, I just remember, yeah, going up there, meeting, meeting all them, knowing them, like we'd have like George Matthews over like for dinner and stuff all the time. Like he was a great friend of my dad still is to this day. Um, even when he moved back to PEI, but, um, yeah. And then, you know, you, uh, you would see like, um, like guys who were scratched up there and they're up there watching the games in their booth with whoever, like their coaches and stuff. And uh, yeah. And then kind of later on in life, like more last couple years or so. So I started, I went to school for like um, audio engineering. And um, so I started um, doing the visiting broadcasts for the, uh, or the, away teams when they came to nationwide just like a handful of games every year and um kind of the same thing so like i got to meet like all the visiting radio guys and work with them and like run their show like their in-house engineer for their broadcasts and 
you know, you're always seeing people up there like more recently, you know, like you'll always see like Jared bowl before he's went down to the bench more recently. And like Rick Nash is always up there. And, um, you know, anyone like kind of associated with the team, healthy scratch players, you see them just like grabbing popcorn and stuff. And so, yeah, no, I've, I've been super lucky with all of that and have definitely bumped into some really cool people over the years. So Rick Nash is still tied to the blue jackets. Yeah. So when he, when he came back, um, when he retired and he came back to Ohio, cause his wife's from Ohio, they met here when he played for the jackets, um, came back here and, uh, I guess it was just like Yarmo just reached out to him and was like, Hey, like, we still want you like involved with the organization. If you like, you know, don't have any plans for retirement. And so he kind of got brought on as like, a like a, a, like a special assistant to the GM, I guess. Cause I guess that's kind of what he wanted to get into was like a managerial type role in like the NHL, I guess, eventually. Um, so he kind of, Yarmo just kind of like took him under his wing and gave him this like random position and try to like train him and stuff just to be like a front office kind of guy. And, um, he did that for a couple years and now he's, I don't remember his exact title. He's like head of like, is it like head of player development or something like that? Um, forget his like official title but it's like him and uh, a couple ex-players too like i know like mark latestu was doing that but i think now he's coaching in cleveland um when we lost one of our coaches um and then uh someone else I've, i can't remember but uh it's a few like ex-players like oh uh, Derek dorsett um i think he was like doing that or maybe I don't know. I'm getting all confused, but all these like old ex players and stuff, like it's just cool seeing like all of them come back and like still be involved with the team after retiring or like playing in other places. I mean, look at Rick Nash. He played for the Rangers. He played for Boston, like huge market teams. And he ended up coming back to Columbus because he just loved it so much. So I think, I don't know. It says a lot for our organization and I don't know. I just thought it was really cool to have him back. Now, would you say that Nash is like the Blue Jackets guy? Because you know, like twenty years in, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm not a Blue Jackets fan, obviously. So like, I was trying to think like who's like their you know the franchise guy. guy. Who's the yeah. guy? Who's the and guy? I'm like, is that is that it guy, Nash though. or is it like Bobrovsky or Panarin? Mm-hmm. Like, I I couldn't really wrap my ha- head around like who is the guy. Yeah, no, I'd say Nasher for sure. Um, I think he kind of drew so many eyes to the team when we were terrible and bad <laughs> and just, uh, I won't get into all that. Cause the whole, the whole expansion team formula and like all that goes into that now compared to what we got, the hands we got dealt back in the day are just, they, uh, never mind. I'm just going to get mad talking about it, <laughs> but, I, but, but then let, let's, Let's talk about that because didn't Nashville come in like the same year or like the year before it was Minnesota? Yeah, the wild, yeah. But Nashville wasn't too far like before. Yeah, they were like 97 or something like that, 96. or Yeah, like a a couple years before us in Minnesota. I don't know, man. I just – the whole – the whole – expansion process and i get it like i get it from like a financial standpoint these teams like seattle vegas like they all paid 
a huge sum of money to join this league compared to what we paid back in the day. Obviously, inflation and whatever, but it still was way more than either the Wild or the Jackets paid to enter the league. But as far as like setting a team up for success off the jump, like we got screwed. Like <laughs> we we got no, it was bad. And like, and then you look at Vegas, and it's like, oh, first year. You might as well make it to the Stanley Cup final. Whatever, man. It's cool. Like, it's fine. It's like, <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. Like, how they set it up, man. It's just like, I don't want to say it's not fair, but it's just we were not in the, we were not put in a, a, a situation to succeed like all of these new teams have been. And like, I don't know. And then I think everyone learned from Vegas when Seattle when that became a concept and they're like, Hey, this team's coming. So then all these teams are able to prepare now because they're like, wow, we got screwed over when Vegas came. Cause like we couldn't protect enough players that we wanted to. And I think a lot of teams and GMs learn from that. And then now it's like Seattle's like, Oh, they're like a normal expansion team. Now they're kind of like running, you know, middle of the road kind of, draft i think they kind of drafted more towards building towards the future rather than success right now which was not vegas because they could because all these great players were available to vegas so i don't know but you know when the average age of a player on your inaugural team's like 34 like you're not set up to succeed now or in the future and we didn't so that's <laughs> i don't know that that's my two cents but but you guys have had you know some kind of ebbs and flows i guess where you, you have had some pretty successful teams and yeah. you know you've had some superstars but then you you ship them off and don't really get much in return <laughs> yeah i mean that's as uh, i don't know and that's where the whole like no one wants to play in columbus thing comes in which i i don't agree with but i th i just think we've had the wrong kind of guys and like the wrong like the type of guys that just either just want money and we just weren't going to pay him. Like that's Bob. I have nothing against Bob. Bob, like Bob was great for us. He was like one of the best goalies we ever had, if not the best. And it's just like, Hey man, we weren't going to pay you 10 million a year for eight years. Like that's just a dumb contract in my opinion. Like, I don't know. We'll see if it pans out for Florida. It didn't the first year. He kind of tanked. Now he's kind of turning it back on, but you know, it's just those, I don't know. I, I rarely do those like huge goalie contracts. I feel like ever pan out. Oh, you, do you know who you're talking to? I'm, <laughs> I'm an Islander fan. You ever hear Rick DiPietro? Oh no. <laughs> so, too soon. Too soon. Yeah, man. It's just like, I don't know, but like, and that's just like, that's why he left. You know, we weren't going to give him the money that he wanted. And I don't think anyone should have gave him that money, but you know, Florida did it good. You know, I hope it works out for them, I guess. And, uh, but like, you know, that's why he left. Brad wanted a garage, apparently. And because uh, <laughs> apparently there's no garages in Ohio, um, which I don't know is if you heard thing? that. Yo, that was, dude, that was like a quote of his of like, uh, someone asked him like, so why, like, why didn't you want to stay in Columbus or whatever? And he was just like, oh, I don't know. I just want to like, I just want like a garage. Like I'm tired of my, my car being covered in snow. And like, obviously he's joking, but like, no, he said that. No, I mean, everyone tried to keep Brad. Brad was the man. He was like my favorite player. Like, I was really hoping maybe he'd change his mind. But I, the whole time, I mean, you knew he was going to go. But, you know, if you guys got him from uh, from Chicago for like yeah, nothing, right? Yeah, for Saad. For Saad, Brandon Saad. Yeah, it's like a one for one. 
And um, yeah, which is like arguably the best trade. I mean, at least it panned out for two years because Brad was like our best player for two years. Um, but yeah, no, that was a, that was a solid trade. And like, I don't know, man. And Brad, Brad, same thing. Well, Brad always had his his mindset on New York. Like he he's wanted to play there forever. Like Aaron Portsline did like a big like a really nice article. He writes for the Athletic. I was like follow all of his stuff and like he did like a one-on-one interview with brett sorry i'm checking on my dog make sure he's <laughs> uh did like a one-on-one like interview with him that was like really cool and it was like his whole backstory and like if anything it just made me respect brett even more because you know i grew up in like insane poverty and like his grandparents raised him and like all this stuff and like he just grinded his whole way like his whole life just to like have a chance and like always succeeded and like i don't know i respect brett i respect brett nothing against him um but like you know even he said like when you grow up in russia the only teams you know of are the rangers and like boston and like i don't know like chicago i guess like those are like but he was like the rangers like he was like he always like ever since he was a little kid he's like i'm gonna play for the rangers someday and it's like when you manifest that at a young age and that's your motivation and then you have a chance to like fulfill your dream and like your destiny you know like that it's like dude you're gonna go to that team and he could he can go anywhere he wanted and you know i don't i don't i don't blame him for that so that was just another unique scenario pld a little different don't like pld but that's a different that's a different uh it's a different story <laughs> yeah and it, it also seemed like you know when you guys had uh tortorello running running the ship you know he he is a very you know traditional way of coaching and a lot of those like new wave players didn't necessarily like playing for him and that i feel like that was part of the problem as well as he was he was kind of a deciding factor yeah he's old school he's old school man and like I don't know. You talk to some of these guys and they're saying the league's getting too soft and <laughs> some of these players, but I mean, do you got, I mean, you got to adapt to the times, I guess. So I, and I don't know. I love Torch. Like I, I thought Torch was a great coach for what we needed at the time. I thought he was the perfect fit and we needed a culture change and we needed a guy to just step in that like players actually like respected and not saying they didn't respect our other coaches, but they just needed they just needed that kind of guy to just kind of take the realm and and you know steer steer everything in the right direction and get something going in Columbus and uh like he definitely did that and I don't know forever grateful for torts and I I just always thought he was just a funny like a funny personality and uh I don't know always like torts so but yeah, as far as coaching style, I know he didn't mesh with <laughs> everyone, and uh, some of these guys couldn't uh, handle the handle the heat or the wrath that is John Tortorella. So, <laughs> yeah, basically, you, you got like the Florida Blue Jackets right now. Yeah, like- <laughs> yeah, a lot of guys. Yeah, and it was like it's like Florida, and then it was like uh, like New York, and like we had all these guys like flip flopping guys with New York for a long time, and now. I don't know. Maybe it's because Billy Zito's down in Florida now, and like, <laughs> maybe it's just a friendly face, and they're like, "Hey, trying to trade some guys," and there's like, sure we'll take them. It's like I know them. I already know everything about these guys. So I don't know. Maybe that's why. But yeah, it is interesting how many how many guys have uh, flipped between the two. 
Yeah. So I, I guess let let's uh, first off, I guess blame the Blue Jackets for the dynasty that's developing down in Tampa Bay, because mm. with every dynasty, there always has to be that one moment of like embarrassment. And that, what was it like for that playoff series when you guys like stunned the Tampa Bay Lightning? Yeah, no, that was like that was like my, the best Jackets moment of my life. Like <laughs> nothing really else compares to that. I mean, and like same with my dad. You ask him what was the best moment, he's gonna say that obviously. And like, yeah, no, that was like the coolest experience. Like I remember just talking to my friends, and you know, like all my friends are like Jackets fans, and. I'm not saying they like come to me as like the hockey guy, but like I just remember one of my friends before the we were all watching the game one together. And I remember one of my friends like looked at me and was like, Trav, like, is there any chance that we beat these guys? And I was like, Hell yeah. I was like, <laughs> I was like, there's always a chance. I was like, no, nah. I was like, I was like, absolutely. I'm like, there's a hundred percent a way we can win. I was like, I don't know if we're gonna win the series. But I was like, we can definitely win some games. We can take some games if we just play well. You know, don't take too many penalties against the most lethal power play ever. Um, yeah, just like just play a good game. And no, we definitely have a chance. But I just remember how down everyone was. And then that first period, down 3 nothing, And then going into the first intermission, everyone's just like, I don't know, man. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, it's not looking good. But I was like, hey, there's a lot of game left to be played came back, won that game, and then I think that's what started it, man. I think that's what got in their heads because I just I feel like Tampa was just like, oh, we can just coast. Like, we're just going to coast the rest of this way. Like, we just we just dropped three in the first, easy. Like, we were not getting, like, any chances. Like, puck possession, we had none. Like, it was just such a one. The ice was completely tilted that first period. We didn't have anything going for us. And then slowly but surely, just start chipping away, man, coming back get that dub and then yeah i think that's what got them snake bit like they i just feel like they thought they had it in the bag and we kind of came up and surprised them and then i think we were just in their head after that because those other games i mean like i forget one two of those games i think were kind of close like one or two old games or something but yeah no beating them and the way we did it and it was i don't know i think that was like the first moment where people were like man, I'm like proud to be like a fan of this team, you know? And it's like, I feel like a lot of people didn't really have like a, like a big moment like that. And like that got that much national attention. And like, it was just like, I don't know. It was just a really cool moment for Jackets fans. And, you know, that waited a long time just to like see any form of success like that. So yeah, it's our first playoff series win. So as, as a huge moment. So yeah, no. It was it'll forever live, live on as <laughs> a top moment for sure. Hopefully there will be more playoff wins in the future. But that first one was awesome. Yeah, dude, I, I I totally can relate. You know when they when the Islanders had their first playoff series win in like fifteen years, that was like the first one that I like as an adult like really mm -hmm. understood the game of hockey and everything, yeah. and I was just like holy cow like this is this is what it feels like huh this yeah. is what it feels like and then you know luckily the islanders the past two years have have gone on some pretty deep runs so like mm -hmm. even getting to the eastern conference final like that 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 was a, a huge accomplishment like 
I do these things called Isles meetups where we we actually like go to bars here in Charlotte, North Carolina and watch Islander games. And like even the grind of just getting together every game was like taking a toll on me by like going to the Eastern Conference final. I was like, yeah, I don't know if I could do this for the Stanley Cup final. Like right. go to a bar every single game. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Dude, I can only imagine, man. I, I said I was like, I was so hyped after just the one playoff win, but to get that far, I, I, you know, I can only imagine. I'm sure it was a awesome feeling, but you know, you're into it though. You would, you would, you're gonna be at that bar watching these oh, games, man. Yeah, there was, there was you're no way I wasn't at that point. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. But that's awesome, man. Maybe so, someday. Hey, I'm hoping, hoping <laughs> once in my lifetime. Not looking so great right now, but <laughs> and neither are we. So you guys were were hanging in there though, right? Like the, or this year or like this that year, year, but 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 as of late, not so much. But you know, you yeah. guys started pretty decent. Yeah, no, I think everyone thought we were going to be like bottom three in the league this year, like just absolutely awful. I didn't think that personally. I was like, you know, new coach. I feel like a lot of we had a lot of guys that kind of struggled under torts you know last year and kind of just couldn't figure it out and like everyone couldn't get on the same page and you know like line a and max domi and i just feel like you know new voice in the room and i was not team brad larson at first i will admit that um but he is like grown on he's like 1000 percent grown on me and like now i think he's like i think he's like a good fit the the one redeeming thing about brad was that like the players wanted brad they wanted him as the coach and i think that's like the like if that's the case like if if you if you find a guy that players want to play for and they're vocal about like hey like it should be him then you like you've already won that battle like you need a coach that players want to play for and like they are hand picking this guy and he's like, it's time, like make him the head coach. And then, so that, that was kind of like the redeeming factor, I guess, when, when Brad was announced as the head coach, I was just like, okay, well that's good. Cause I feel like a lot of guys didn't want to play for torts. Um, or at least they just didn't get along with him. So I was like, so that's already out of the way. And they seem, they all, they all like Brad. Um, but then, um, yeah, no, I, so uh, I'm sorry, I'm getting off track. <laughs> so I forget what we were, where I was going with that. But, so, uh, so do you think that the the Blue Jackets hang in the rest of the season and make like a fight for that wild card? Uh, uh, maybe we're too we're so bad on the road. Like we just like can't win on the road. And I I obviously like our team. We're the youngest team in the league, um, which is uh, it feels like we're always the youngest team in the league. Um, and it's like, you know, you're going to have ebbs and flows with your season. It's like these guys, I mean, Cole Sillinger's 18 years old and he's like a center in the NHL and he's like a consistent starter. Like he hasn't been out of the lineup yet. And it's just like, it's going to happen with young guys. And, you know, we still have some like good veteran leaders in that room, but the core, you know, as a whole, our team's just so young. So it's just like the getting consistency. I feel like that just takes time and you got to play in the league for a while to kind of get that going. But I don't know. I, I hope, I hope we can make a push, but I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if it's going to pan out. I just think our team's just so young and, you know, I think the next couple years are going to be really good for us though. Um, you know, cause like some of our top prospects, like aren't even here yet in the next couple of years, you know, we got Kent Johnson, who's like 
an absolute stud for Michigan right now. I'm excited to watch him on uh, in the World Juniors for Team Canada. Everyone's comparing him to like the net, like the Trevor Zegris of Canada for this World Juniors. Um, so like that's exciting, and like you know he's on that stacked Michigan team with all those first round draft picks, and he's like leading the team in points, and he's like fourth or something in the NCAA in points. Um, in like arguably probably the best division in the Big Ten. So, yeah, no, excited for him. Marchenko in uh, Russia, like I, he that kid's like a living highlight reel over there. So, I don't know. I think the future is going to be. I'm saying like the next like in like in like two to three years, I think Jackets will be like playoff contending team for you know the next, you know, kind of like what we had before, like the four consecutive playoff appearances. And like, I could really see that happening, like starting in like the next, like two, three years when we get all these guys in like all these top prospects and get some guys more years of experience. And, you know, I think, I think it'll be solid this year. I I just hope we can fight, (laughs) you know, I just hope we can battle and just not get, blown out so bad on the road but at home we're we're solid like i i don't know what our record is now i think we were like 10 and 4 or something or 10 3 or 11 and 3 or i i don't remember we're something like hey, we're, that we're not stats guys <laughs> yeah i'm not i'm not a stat guy man um but yeah no like solid at home just can't figure it out on the road for whatever reason um so i don't know it's tough when half your games are on the road, so <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna catch up to you eventually. They they just must love that cannon. They just oh yeah, <laughs> the cannon. I, I'm, I'm sure you guys like appreciate it, but oh yeah, fans of other teams absolutely despise that thing. Oh yeah, it's like the most like insult to injury, like <laughs> like it thing sure of all is. Time. No, it is. It's like I don't know. I love watching like. You'll get like uh, like the random like co- like compilation videos of like players that like forget about it and they're like pregame skate skating around and like there's like a good one of like Johnny Gaudreau and he's like skating and it goes off and he's just like what the fuck? <laughs> he's like <laughs> like he's like forgot dude well going back to like when I'm working these radio like bro- radio broadcasts when all these away radio guys come in you know a lot of them a lot of them still forget about it so I'm like sometimes I'll be nice. I like them and then I'll just be like hey cannon like cannon come incoming you know <laughs> just like in the pregame because everyone forgets about the pregame one um but yeah it's just I always thought that was hilarious because so many of those guys forget about it and they're like and we're live here in nationwide arena and, and you're like oh my <laughs> god he's like it gets me every time and like oh, I always forget about that dang cannon you know it's hilarious because like all these guys always forget but the reaction is hilarious but yeah, definitely. Away teams probably absolutely hate it. Of course, we love it. You know, and the cannon is like our own Tom Wilson, like in a sense. Everyone hates him except for when he's on your team. <laughs> and that's that's it. Or or when they do like a a mascot or like wasn't there like a mascot or a, a like a the even oh, maybe, boomer that, that looked like a penis. Yeah, boomer. <laughs> yeah, dude, that lasted like a week, if not, like if that. Yeah, no, that was uh, that was a uh, that was a uh, 
that was kind of an epic fail but <laughs> yeah i don't know who signed off on that like i i'm not sure but yeah like you, how do you not look at that thing in two like, seconds be like yo that, that looks like a penis <laughs> yeah yeah no i don't no boomer will forever live in infamy and uh but it's i don't know it's always funny it's like i like how like they'll like bring it back kind of like as a meme and like obviously the fan base will always like bring it back and just whatever and it's it's always funny like it's cool he's not here anymore but he will never be forgotten you know <laughs> it's i think every team has one of those man well you're the island guy islanders guy man gordon fisherman you know See, but you know it's so funny is that like people my age who are in their 30s and like even younger absolutely love that jersey and love that logo i liked it man i thought yeah. it was cool man i was hoping but, they'd bring it back for the reverse retros dude the dynasty era islander fans lose their damn minds oh, over I, that logo oh i know yeah for sure lose it yeah dude just <laughs> no i believe it i believe it dude they um yeah man no but i always saw i always thought it was cool like i always thought the colors were cool and like the just like just those jerseys in general were pretty sweet i was kind of i know like it was probably a split fan base like but i don't know i was hoping the reverse retros maybe they'd like at least use the colors you know or something like incorporated in there but I don't know. Yeah. Well, you got Lou Lamorello running the ship here. So, oh, yeah. He's we have probably... no fun. Yeah. There you go. That's no fun. Fair. <laughs> That's fair. Well, dude, I could talk hockey forever, but I do want to talk some no dice. So, sure. um, before we do talk some music, I do have to just read a quick ad from our sponsors. Get it. So, football fans, I'm sure we all love an action packed, high scoring NFL game. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all seasons long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings has given all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes if they're, with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet $1 on any team to score, and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code THPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Whew. Sounds like a good deal. <laughs> it is a good deal. Use that promo code THPN. Use and the usually promo Tom, code, baby. Usually Tom does that. So, uh, oh, Tom, you if you're listening, I hate you, but I got it done. <laughs> Dude, you crushed that. <laughs> you crushed that ad read, dude. He he usually does it in like a cool voice, and we could have made him do like I don't know a Panarin voice to do the whole inter- the whole ad read. Nice, nice. It would have been way better than I did, but no, you killed it, man. We're we're hanging in there. But Travis, I I I do want to talk a bunch about No Dice because you guys showed up on like my Spotify. Like I think I was like done listening to. I'm not sure if you know the band jail socks, but I was like listening to jail socks and 
their album ended and then like spotify will just like feed you a suggested artist the algorithm yeah the algorithm <laughs> baby and they fed me a no dice song and i was just like who oh, the nice. hell are these guys and then like this is what i always do is i i go to their page i listen to all your stuff and then i'm like all right let me go to their instagram <laughs> go to your instagram and then sure enough i see you guys rocking blue jacket shit and i'm like get them on <laughs> yeah there it is man there that's, it is that's that's how bar down breakdown works in awesome. my crazy head but I I got tons of like this day and age vibes, tons of like turnover vibes and that that's right in our wheelhouse. So I guess let's let's talk about some of the like influences you guys have, because I'm sure there's got to be some turnover influences in there. Oh, yeah, dude. I love yeah, I love turnover. Turnover is great. The uh, peripheral vision was like my favorite album for many years still is still in probably probably the top 10 probably to this day um yeah no uh it's like it's interesting because like all of us uh like uh, we have a similar we have similar interests i think some of our influences like combined there's certain bands that we all like um but at the same time there's like a lot of kind of all branch out into our own different ways but um influences i don't know it's crazy because like i think our sounds change so much like from where we started to kind of where we're at now. Um, so probably like back in the day, you know, I like Fall Out Boy was like my favorite band growing up. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously like a big like Blink fan and Green Day and like all the classic guys and stuff. And uh, um, but yeah, no, it's I would say, yeah, starting out probably that. And then kind of when we started the band and we were kind of like trying to figure out like a sound to go for you know, like, uh, like the story so far was getting huge and like knuckle puck and like all these other bands. And we were kind of like, Oh, like this is like the new age, the new age pop punk. And I feel like those were pretty heavy influences. Um, so we kind of try to like take our, our old classic bands that we liked, you know, we love growing up and then kind of this mix it, fuse it with this new sound in a, in a, in a sense. And then that's just kind of, where we started out and then over time kind of just like discovering new bands like turnover and uh you know and kind of finding a way to mesh that in as well so it's just a big old melting pot and whenever we find a new band just try and somehow incorporate an element or take something that we like from each of those bands and kind of just fuse it all together and it's uh i feel like that's kind of the main reason why our, our sounds changed so much over over the years so you guys have been kicking since like what 2017 2016 our first ep came out in 2015. 2015. Uh, yeah so that was like our first i would say like real real release i guess um yeah that was uh the words you never said that was like a five song ep maybe six songs i don't remember but um yeah, that was 2015. Um, so I think that's kind of when we were we released that, and we were like, okay, let's like try and make a push at this um, for as long as we as long as we can. And uh, so yeah, I'd say probably like the the start start was probably 2015 with that release. Cool. Yeah, I guess like I feel like you guys are, are a little mysterious because like a lot of times I'll go to like a band's like socials. And you guys don't post too often. So, like, it, it's kind of funny how a band that gets, like, 50,000 monthly streams isn't really, like, 
posting every single day like you know you know like some of the bands that are at that same level right now they they're like got like people that that's their main focus is just like doing social media content like daily and you guys are kind of just like coasting and and still like growing every (laughs) single year yeah kind of under the radar i guess i i like i just don't like social media um and like none of us really do so like when it came down to like hey let's like who wants to be the social media guy everyone's just like nose goes for that like no one (laughs) wanted to do it and i don't know yeah we definitely should be better than we are and then at the same time it's like i i feel like we we get more active when obviously there's like new things coming out um so if anything it's just i don't know maybe that's (laughs) Maybe that's like our social media approach is like, hey, they're doing something like they they posted for the first time in four months. It's like, oh, maybe something's coming out soon, you know, so I don't know. Maybe that's just our unintentional way to like get people hyped, I guess. I don't know. But yeah, I think, yeah, there's, definitely should be definitely should should be better at that. Um, I don't know. We've been doing this for so long. It's just like and none of us are huge social media guys like I. I wouldn't have any socials if it wasn't for the band. I'd probably just delete everything because um, it's just not my jam and I just don't like it. But um, yeah, but it's funny you bring that up because yeah, I don't know. I don't really, I don't know where or how people find us or listen to us and stuff, but it, you know, obviously we really appreciate everyone who listens to us and it means a lot to us and we, I mean, I definitely uh, should probably do a better job at (laughs) reaching out more and being more of a presence. But um, I guess just know that you are appreciated, even if I'm not posting selfies. (laughs) But I I feel like that's a a huge testament to the music because, yeah, like, you know, some bands are just like so good at social that they blow up because of that. And the music doesn't really back it up. But you guys like are doing the opposite where you're like, <laughs> yeah, we'll put stuff up when we got something to talk about. Yeah. However, like without even really having to scroll on your band's page, I was able to find like the, the last three Spotify raps. Mm. Oh yeah. For, they're like, the last they're probably years. like wedged next to each other. <laughs> yeah. Like they're pretty much like right next to each other. Yeah. And you could see that like from, you know, three years ago, you were getting like 700,000 monthly listeners then it was like 1.1 now it's like 1.6 and it's like you guys got 500,000 more listeners in this past year and you guys aren't really even so like active on the socials and it's like that's that's wild man yeah i mean not even really like too much new music either yeah yeah which is something i'm trying to improve upon in the uh, coming year, um, I've just been sitting on stuff for way too long, and it's just, <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. It's just a life gets in the way kind of thing, and, you know, we're getting older, and it's just not it, it, it's not as easy to just find time to get stuff done, but I'm trying, yeah, definitely trying to get more more uh, consistent, I guess, with, with all of that, but no, yeah, I appreciate it. I guess I never really, like, thought about that before, like you know, the whole like social media dynamic into growing fans and what's more important, your social media approach or your actual music. I mean, 
I don't know. You can definitely be a band that has really good music with a solid social media approach or vice versa. <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I we're just fortunate, and like I think, um, I think our biggest our biggest jump was when we did our covers with Bill Murray, and I think that's kind of what kind of steered us in the right direction. And that's always been like a, that was a huge thing for us, um, getting with Johnny and doing those covers, and that's like I feel like that was kind of like our first like successful moment as a band was just doing those songs because i remember when we recorded those and we're like you know these are cool but we you know i don't even know like i think our song with the most plays before releasing that um e that split ep was like fifty thousand streams or something like that was like our highest played song um Cause we got lucky and got on one of those like Spotify playlists, which I didn't even like know was a thing. And then <laughs> one of my buddies was like, Hey, you submit this for playlists. And I'm like, what is that? And he's like, Oh, don't worry. Like I'll do it. And I was like, thanks. And uh, we just got super lucky. It's like, it's, I don't know. Someone at Spotify like is our friend and we, I don't know who it is. Um, but they've hooked us up like so many times. Like I've had people like be like, dude, how do you get on it? I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no clue, dude. I have no idea why or how or whatever. But yeah, someone someone out there is like rooting for us. So whoever you are, mysterious Spotify playlist curator, like I love you. <laughs> I love you. Thank you. Um, but yeah, hopefully one day we'll we'll meet and I can like hug you or something. But yeah, no, I've I have no idea. So yeah, we've just honestly just gotten lucky in a sense with like all of that. And then, like I said, doing these, doing that, those covers and we'd never done cover songs before. And Johnny, like (laughs) Johnny was just like the whole time. He's like, man, he's like, these are going to pop off, man. These are going to pop off. And we're just like, whatever you say, man, (laughs) we're just like, you know, we'll go with it. He's just like, but he was so confident about it. He's like, no, these are sweet. Like these are really cool. They're going to do well. And like, we're just like, all right, man, like we sure we got nothing to lose yeah and then release them and like he was right man it's just like they they just did so well i don't even think they like got on any playlists or anything like i mean bill murray has like such a big fan base um now and even back when we released that so um i think just murray nation kind of rallied behind it and then a lot of people just found out who we were from that and it was just like really good publicity and like and obviously, yeah, the songs, they did really well and they still do pretty well. So yeah, that was probably, I would say that was, that was like the biggest turning point for us. Um, and what led to a lot of these numbers now. So h- how did you link up with Bill Murray? Because I had no idea who or what they were. And I was like, yeah. that's a funny name, like Bill Murray. Like it's a play on words. Like That's cool. And yeah. And then I was like, Colum- oh wait, this is like a, an actual person. Like this mm. is like... I'm guessing kind of like in the nothing nowhere kind of little Lotus kind of pop, like new pop punk, I guess you would call it. I don't even know. I don't even know if Johnny knows what, (laughs) what genre Murray is, but yeah, no, we just, Oh, Johnny's from Columbus. um, Cause he's like, you know, he was in attack attack. All his dudes are from Columbus and uh, he, you know, just lived here his whole life. And um, so we just kind of, we, I met him from, uh, 
our drummer, our drummer and our uh, guitarist at one point, uh, both them uh, played in Bill Murray for a hot second. And uh, we got, you know, linked with him kind of in that way. And um, yeah, just, I don't know. We just met and he was just like, nice guy. And we, um, you know, you, you know, just kind of became friends from that. And then he brought up the whole, uh, you know, covers thing. And he was just like, you know, and like, he's Johnny's, uh, he's just a really great, like producer, um, songwriter too, but like per, his production is like really great. And like for what he's able to do with what he has is like, honestly, pretty remarkable. And, um, he was, uh, but yeah, like you said, brought, brought up the, uh, the concept for the covers and he's just like, you pick two, we'll pick two and then just release it and I'll produce it. And, uh, you know, we'll just see how they do. And yeah, so that's just honestly just being in Columbus and like kind of just the music scene here and, uh, having like the similar members. Um, that's how we got linked up with him to start out. And that's how I, how I met Johnny. Cool. So let's talk about that Columbus scene because, you know, I'm guessing that Cleveland is probably the the more popular Ohio market. And but then at the same time, like, isn't Columbus where Alternative Press's headquarters are, or is it Cleveland where they I think are? AP, yeah, I think they're in Cleveland. Okay. So yeah, I, I'm just you know I was looking on your you're on your Facebook page and I saw that like when like the bands come through the Columbus area, it, it seems like you guys are fortunate enough to to hop on as like local support. And I also noticed that at one point, Bill Murray was opening for you guys on one of these tours. And now I'm, I'm sure it would be pretty sweet if, if, if he like <laughs> let you guys go out on tour with him. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. Murray's popped off, man. Um, they, uh, yeah, no, yeah. We've been like super fortunate and like, um, a lot of that is like John Roush and he's, uh, he works for Bravo artist, and we've known John forever. Like it kind of feels like we kind of like both grew up, like kind of grew within the Columbus music scene kind of similarly, like we were kind of a new band and he was a new promoter. And it's just over the years, he's just, you know, hooked us up with some really cool shows and uh yeah that was just uh kind of how how that all went down and we've just been super fortunate to get on some really really cool shows in columbus so yeah that's uh, a lot of kudos to john um and uh yeah so that, that's pretty much how, no, that's how cool. that all went down so definitely a good friend to have right being friends yeah. with the local promoter oh absolutely <laughs> yeah, so do you do you guys hit the road often or now that you guys are you know in your late 20s and probably have your standard nine to five <laughs> i'm sure that yeah touring and hitting the road for an extended period of time might be a little tough yeah it's not really in the cars as much anymore i mean we yeah we uh, we, we did some tours and stuff like just kind of like weekenders we went out for like a week or more, a handful of times uh, over the years. Um, you know, we did. We, yeah, we 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 tried to do the touring thing, like the touring life, as long as we could. Um, and uh, I don't know, touring. I, it's a love hate kind of thing, you know. It's like, yeah, it's always fun to go out and play shows and meet new people, and like, I'm super thankful for all of those experiences and they will be like some of my fondest memories. Um, you know, 
And, uh, but yeah, no, I kind of like what you said, it's just kind of, uh, getting older. We actually, <laughs> it actually timed out pretty well, but we, we sold our van a month before COVID happened. So we were like, okay, well this worked out in, in the end, <laughs> like this honestly, like really worked out. Um, cause I don't know if we would have even been able to you know sell the van during covid but we just our van was just a piece of crap and we were just like i don't know we were just tired of like putting money into fixing it we're like you know like if we're gonna do this and like go on the road again we need a more reliable vehicle so we're like let's just sell this we'll bank it and then if we ever go on the road maybe we'll like rent a van and stuff like that so we're like let's just sell it so yeah sold it like in february of 2020 and then we all know how March went. So, yeah. So really a blessing in disguise because we would have been paying insurance on this thing and couldn't use it for basically till <laughs> almost to today, you know. It's like, yeah. yeah so it was kind of, we kind of lucked out with all of that. So, yeah. Cool. So I, I guess let's talk like no dice in the rest of 21 and 20 and, and going into 2022. Like, are there any plans? You mentioned that you're sitting on a bunch of music. Uh, are, are you going to put it out under the No Dice name? Or are you going to put it out under something else? Or yeah, I'm not really. What's the plans? Yeah, I'm not really sure. I mean, yeah, I, I I feel like all the songs that are done that we have, well, that are pretty much all done. Um, yeah, I probably I probably would just probably just release those as No Dice songs because they are No Dice songs. You know, like me and you know goddard and you know other guys like we we all worked on these songs and it's like they are our songs in my opinion um so my my biggest thing is like i just i really want to like just do everything myself you know like just like the total diy approach because i feel like that's the only way i'll like actually get things out consistently um Cause when you're not worried about financials and recording and having everything, you know, I feel like hiring, get going, like doing studio time. It's like, you don't have any like time really to experiment with stuff. And if you can just have the luxury of doing things yourself and somehow like, you know, it's tough. Cause obviously you want like the best quality possible and stuff, but I don't know. I'm kind of getting off the rails here, but I, I I feel like doing everything yourself equals complete creative freedom. And we've never gotten to that point or never had the luxury of doing that. So um, that's something I want to strive for because I feel like that's the only way we're going to like get things out as consistently as I, I've always wanted to do it without any, like I said, any restrictions or anything. And, um, like I, I look at, um, kind of like what citizens doing now. Cause like, I know, like, what is it? Matt, <clears throat> Matt Caracas. Is that how you say his last name? Caracas. <laughs> uh, whatever the, the, the singer, the lead singer for citizen. Like I know, like they started recording all their own stuff. Um, and I was just like, man, that's super cool. And, you know, obviously like, and like that last album they put out was sweet and I don't know, they, it's like, they found a way to do it. And it's just like, I don't know. I think that's like a good inspiration for kind of like what I want to do, um, in a, in a sense and just kind of, and hearing him talk about 
doing that and being able to do that and like the benefits that it has is just like even more of a testament to like why is like why like i find it so appealing kind of like the reasons i said before you know you just got more time to experiment things and make things as perfect as you want it to be and you have time to experiment and try try new things so um that's definitely my goal is to do everything maybe not a hundred percent all in-house because i'm still like you know we're still gonna need like album art and stuff and i am i do not have an eye for that <laughs> and i don't know how to use photoshop um but you know as much as i can musically do on my own that's like my number one biggest goal and i think once if i if I, if that is ever achieved then we will release um music much more consistently and um that's yeah so that's my goal kind of moving forward and i'm have started to try and do that slowly throughout our all of our uh different projects like peter riffin um that was uh i may i don't know if that was the first song but I, th I think it was the first song that was the first song like i tracked everything myself um and then we sent it to get mixed um um from will shout out will carlson uh um but he uh but yeah so it's like we we've slowly kind of i'm slowly trying to get um do more things on the production side and i feel like that was like a good way of uh kind of easing into that because i was like i don't know i was kind of i'm always in my own head i'm like i don't think this is going to be good enough and like i don't trust myself to record all this stuff and then i was just like fuck it i'm just doing it like i gotta try and uh so yeah and then then that was peter riffin so like all of those like all of that stuff like i tracked uh pretty much here on this computer so um and then i thought that turned out really well obviously it was mixed really well too but <laughs> and a lot of credit goes to that but um like i said i'm i'm slowly trying to trying to get there okay so so can we say new music in 2022 uh i would say a strong Oh, maybe <laughs> a strong maybe i yeah i don't know i if i don't know it's gonna come down to like whether i i feel like i it's up to snuff or not and if not then i'll probably probably just hit up will again but um i just yeah i just i just want to take some time to like really try and get better at it and um i don't know it's my own personal journey and struggle trying to do this um but like I said, I feel like if I can somehow crack the code in a sense and just get it good enough, you know, to feel good about it and stuff, then that's, uh, that's the dream, you know? I love it, man. I, I, I love both sides. I, I love the DIY. And then I also love it when like bands go from DIY and then get signed and then have the label support. So honestly, I just love both sides. So yeah, to you for, for, trying to take on that <laughs> that endeavor because I, I i know like the the mixing and mastering process can be grueling yeah it's tough yeah it's it's hard to do man and like i don't know i'm lucky because i i feel like i definitely have people i can like reach out to and ask you know ask for you know opinions and questions and stuff like that so um that's also crucial um and big that's <laughs> a lot of help to have um so i'm i'm really lucky in that sense um 
So I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Um, but I definitely want to get songs out relatively soon. 1000%. Hell yeah. And I guess I'll, I'll leave us with one kind of hockey mixed music question. Um, you know, with, with your dad being on the production side and you even being on the, a little bit of the production side for the blue jackets, have you ever tried to mix in a no dice song into any of the like segments or anything like that? That's like funny. You bring that up. Uh, like, okay. So uh, I don't think I'll get him in trouble, but they, um, so one time this was like years ago, this is like probably like, I don't know, five, six years ago. And, um, I forget one of my friends, one of my friends like texted me and was like, dude, are you like, are you listening to the radio broadcast? And I was like, no. And he was like, I swear your song played like coming back from break. And I was like, I don't know. I was like, nah, it's probably not us. There's no way. And then I was, I remember then I like, I like texted my dad and I was just like, Hey, like, did you like throw a no die song or whatever? And he was just like, I might've, I might've put one in there. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like one with like a good intro, you know? Yeah. So I think it was like spoiler alert or something. It was like, you know, the first 30 seconds or whatever, don't have any vocal or whatever. And it's kind of a cool intro. So yeah, I'm pretty sure he like threw that one in. I don't know if they still use that uh, for anything, but I know it was kind of tossed into the mix of uh, all their intro stuff um i've been pretty lucky with like all of that and like my sister shouts out to sarah um she is uh like she works um at the hilton in uh, cleveland and uh actually uh peter riffin is like their hold music at the hotel <laughs> so if you call i said you could do it right now man once i wish done. i could do that on, like if i wish i had the capabilities <laughs> to call the hilton right now on this Dude, podcast just call the call the hilton cleveland downtown and just be like hey this is a weird request just put me on hold <laughs> and then uh, yeah and then dude it will just start popping up so yeah it's like i don't know i like they uh so you know we've we definitely the family is uh have, have always been on board so and like she was like i hate you know our old hold music was pretty boring so it'd be cool and you know it's like they're cleveland they're right across from like the rock and roll hall of fame so you know she's like talking to her boss and stuff so like wouldn't it like wouldn't it be cool to like have like a local you know we're not from cleveland but you know local artists be like you know hold music instead of this like generic jazz that we're using now, you know, to go with the, like, you know, the music and the rock and roll, the hall of fame, whatever. And, uh, yeah, they were just like, yeah, sure. That'd be great. So, yeah. So I like mixed together like a three song, like I forget, it's like a 10 minute bed of food or food. What am I saying? Of, uh, <laughs> music. And I was like with, um, like, uh, I like recorded, like, uh, you're listening to, I was like, that was, the peter riffin by no dice check us out on spotify <laughs> instagram apple music and more like dude so maybe like that's a- why your monthly streams are so high you, <laughs> it's all because of that damn hilton in cleveland dude it's funny like i don't know it's been there it's been the whole music for a while and like different songs like if we release a song i think's better for it i'll like i'll be like hey can i update it and put this as the new one but it's like i don't know how many people actually like look it up afterwards but like i have seen one time one person on like a uh, YouTube commented 
that he was like, I heard this as the whole music and I screenshot it and sent it to my sister. And I was like, look at this. I was like, oh, someone did it. Like someone looked it up. So we got one. We got one person out of, I don't know how many people get put on hold every day, but at least one person looked us up after that. So that's, that's a, that's a win. That's a win in my book. So hell yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And it, who knows, man, if you would have like start playing shows in the Cleveland area, a bunch, yeah. <laughs> uh, you might have a, a whole fan base It'll of people like, just coming up. Is, is this the whole this music? Is this the whole music guy. <laughs> I know I've heard this song, man. I was on hold for 20 minutes and I, <laughs> I heard like three of these songs like five times, man. Oh, that's so good. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. That's no, great. yeah. They, uh, what's well, cool because like so many like sick people stay at her hotel, you know, like they just had the, um, um you know the uh, what was it it was like some like induction like the hall of fame inductions or something like and like i don't know who was staying at the hotel but like you just know and she's not she doesn't say like she doesn't tell me anything but it's like it's a nice hotel it's like one of the nicest hotels of cleveland like you know some of these cool people are gonna be staying there so it's like i always think like it's cool like you never know like who's gonna hear it or you know and like call for whatever reason but it's just like i just remember when i saw like the people there and i'm just like please come on like dave grohl stay at the hotel and (laughs) order room service or something i'm like please man please i was like just listen to it i don't know i wouldn't even care if he like said anything but just like the thought of having known that dave grohl heard a poor like at least 20 seconds of one of our songs would have been sweet but that's just uh that's just my <laughs> my my fantasy here so hey um hey, I, but yeah, I think you it happened uh, i think david grohl was ordering room service and i and think he, he did listen so he caught he caught that you, you should hit him up but like yo remember that time you stayed in cleveland hey did you ever uh by chance stay at the hilton and uh <laughs> order food yeah oh, man yeah that'd be cool so i don't know it's fun to dream <laughs> I, I i'm going to say that this story goes up there with like hearing some of our like guests talk about playing the winter classic i feel like this is up there Oh, like, no way. <laughs> this is great, man. Dude, who I played the Winter so... Classic? Oh, this is great, though. I love it. Dude, that's awesome, man. I well, want to play the Winter Classic. <laughs> That'd be sick. Will Columbus ever get the Winter Winter Classic? Oh, man. Have you seen that? Have you seen, like, all the stuff that came out about that? No. Okay, so um, a couple of our players went to, like, the uh, NHL headquarters in New York and literally asked Bettman, like, when are we going to get a class, like a winter classic? And he said something like about how um, they have tried to, you know, do it at the shoe. Um, and I guess Ohio state said something like they can't, they can't have a hockey game because the stadium isn't like the, like the plumbing isn't like winterized or something. And that's like why they can't do it. And I'm just like, dude you play football in the winter like it's like like later in the season like there's some cold football games played in that stadium like what are you talking about so it was kind of like i don't man people like that like blew up like people were pissed because they were like that's like not even a real thing like that's like such like a made-up excuse so i don't know man controversy i think osu is uh they're they are not on board and i don't so i don't know if it's ever gonna happen 
Because it sounds like that like doesn't make are... any damn sense. Because yeah, this last one was just at Lake Tahoe, like right. at like a ski resort. You you yeah. tell me that that place had like the correct equipment to put a rink in? I I don't know, man. But they said yeah, the bathrooms are not equipped for winter weather, so a hockey game can't be played during the winter in the stadium. Sounds yeah. like a load of malarkey to me, but um, it, it sounds like Ohio State's living up on their hill and they don't care about yeah anything no. other than Ohio State. I know, and like I've always heard rumors like of that, and like everyone's like, you know, like you know, why can't we do it? And everyone's, you know, people would be like, it's because Ohio State doesn't want to do it, and they're not on board with it, and they don't. Is want that the it. only option? I mean, it's not the only option. I mean, a lot of people are thinking too, like maybe now, like um maybe trying to do it at like uh like the crew stadium like i don't know if they do it at the new one but like now we have the you know the old stadium there and that's not really i think it's like turned into like a practice facility now or something i don't know what the plans are for that but um you know maybe we could do it at the crew stadium i mean it's like you know it's got like the open thing on the top and maybe it's not know. enough like maybe it's only like fifty thousand. how many people yeah. can that one hold yes yeah, that's the other thing too i mean yeah it's not even close to the shoe but uh yeah i don't know what the i don't know what max capacity at the lower.com field is um what is it lower.com lower.com field that what is the, the hell is that say. it's like a uh um like a lo- like a lender uh mortgage lender company like, okay. Yeah, people, if you need a, you know, I guess here's my plug <laughs> yeah, for lower.com. <laughs> That's all they get you, man. Dude, yeah. So I don't know. First time homelander, go to lower.com i guess um but yeah so that's what uh that's that's what it is um yeah so i don't know maybe that could be a thing uh maybe they could do that because i don't know i i feel like uh, the crew and the jackets have like a pretty solid relationship with each other so maybe uh maybe their plumbing is winterized and they could do it there it's a brand new stadium you'd hope so so <laughs> i don't hey. know and then no dice can play the intermission. See, that would be cool. Dude, we got it right go, here. <laughs> they're probably we planned it all with, out. Uh, you're going to go with no dice or Beartooth. Uh, your choice, guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, no dice or 21 pilots. Uh, which one do you, <laughs> which one will get more people there? I don't know. Maybe we'll be on like a side stage down the block or something. You know, I'd take that. So, yeah. They, right, uh, man. Yeah. Hey, no, we, but, we could dream. Yeah, fingers crossed, man. Hopefully one day. Maybe we'll do it somewhere else, you know. Maybe we'll be the away team and they'll do it and maybe maybe uh U of M will be more, you know, lenient towards that and the the Detroit Jackets game will take place at the big house, you know. Maybe that maybe that's so, possible. I don't even know. Is Detroit like your rival? Uh I w- no, I I would say Pittsburgh more than anything. Okay. Um but I, I don't know. I feel like that would just get more people, more people to go. Just the the OSU Michigan rivalry and getting the the Ohio Michigan hockey teams against each other and be like its own little, you know, hockey's take on the rivalry. I just feel like that would just sell better, um, in my opinion. But um, I mean, even a Pittsburgh, even a Pittsburgh Jackets game somewhere. I mean, that would be sick. I don't know where that would be either, but. Um, yeah, man. Hopefully, one day, one day we'll get, we'll get lucky, man. I well, don't know. I, I, 
I'm hoping for the Islanders too. Like we had one of those like stadium series ones. Yeah. Which yeah. are like they're they're kind of like the heritage classic. Like unless you're in Canada, no one watches the heritage <laughs> classic ones. And like unless yeah. you're in New York, no one watched those stadium series games. So like yeah. I feel like we were kind of robbed of an outdoor game. Yeah. Yeah, that's like, uh, and that's like same with the jackets too, man. Like we were supposed to play, uh, we were supposed to play in Finland this year against uh, Colorado, and then you know COVID and that all got canceled, and so we're like, dang, like the one, the one time the jackets get something cool, it's like <laughs> we can't, it, it just it doesn't work out. So, yeah, because like we had a really weird plot in our schedule like last month because we were like in the east coast and then like flew out to colorado and played one game and then flew back and like played buffalo like two days later like it was just like this random one off all the way in colorado because it was supposed to be played in finland um so then we came back they came back after that game and had like five days off and like it was just like this huge random gap in the schedule because that finland game got canceled um Mm. so like that would have been cool and like we have so many finnish guys on our team you know like patrick line i mean or yarmo or gm's finnish corpy like i don't know i think that that would have been pretty cool uh for them to go over there i feel like they would have uh drawn a lot of people because line is like a freaking rock star over there like him and barkov are like a A list celebrities over there so it's like i feel like that would have been pretty cool for him um, so I don't know, maybe they'll reschedule and get back over in Finland. Yeah, hopefully that, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. As long as it's not like at 6am or like three <laughs> in the morning or whatever, like a weird time. No one watches it. Yeah. Hope maybe, maybe it would be like a noon game there, which is like, I don't know even what time that is here, but I don't know. Yeah. They'll have to plan that out. So people here can watch it, but yeah, man. Fingers crossed, fingers crossed, fingers crossed for your aisles too, man. Yeah, get, get something it, cool. They gotta, they gotta turn this season around too. We'll, we'll see. Not looking yeah. good, but <laughs> as long as we can, you know, keep everyone safe. It's not looking so great right now with the NHL. Yeah, so. dude. Yeah, it's like every league, man. Like all the, it seems like it all just came. You know, when it rains, it pours, kind of a thing. You know, like it's like, man, look at the Browns right now. I mean that game got pushed back two days because like over like t- over twenty guys on the roster um, had COVID or I don't know if they all tested positive or they were you know positive Exposure. mixed with exposures and stuff and so that game I know that was supposed to be tonight and then that got pushed back to Monday I don't know if that's gonna make any difference I don't know if you can cure COVID in forty eight hours but um, I don't know <laughs> I don't know yeah, man not looking but, yeah, good it's ramping through all these different leagues. So yeah, no, yeah. Just hoping, hoping that NHL can kind of get out of this and every other, you know, all the leagues, NBA and uh, the NFL can kind of, you know, find a way to get through all this and uh, hopefully the season can continue in a safe manner and we can keep guys playing. So I don't know. We'll see. I know a couple teams here have been hit pretty hard, like Calgary, right? They're a mess right now. Yeah, Calgary. Um, the, obviously, the Islanders were for a while. It, it's yeah, it's not looking so great. But. Yeah, yeah. Well, fingers crossed, and hopefully, taking some time off is we'll get you know people get get it back to where it needs to be, so they can kind of resume in a safe way. And I don't know. 
I know, like, I don't know if it's like a, I don't know if you could do a bubble during the season, man. I don't know if that's possible. <laughs> it, it seems like the only way that it can work. Yeah. It, it, unfortunately. Yeah. Or, so. or no fans in the arena again. Right. Which, at, at that point, you know, if, if it means that the season can continue, I'm down for it. Yeah. But it, it does take a, a little bit out of the, the whole experience when there's no fans there. But, oh yeah. It's, it's not even or, the same or game. Even, or even like 25% capacity or whatever it was when they first started having fans back. Yeah. It felt like there was no fans there anyway. Oh yeah. I, I went to a few of those games uh, when they uh, were starting to let back limited, limited fans um, last year. Um, Cause like employees, it was like friends and family were like the first people to go to some games. So I went to like some of those, like, you know, 10% capacity games. Everyone's like, you know, spread out and whatever. And uh, I hated it. I, it sucked. You know, it's just like, yeah, it's not even the same. That's from just a fan's perspective. Like, I don't even, I can't even imagine like playing wise. I mean, it's just, that probably had to be awful, you know? Yeah. Well, you hear all these guys coming out about it and talking about how, you know, they're like, let, let's just not think about last year. Cause it just wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't NHL hockey, man. It's just not what it, it's not the same without the fans. So I don't know. I guess if there's any bright side, I guess the, uh, I guess there was a newfound appreciation, I guess for the fans, like you don't know what it's got, what you got till it's gone kind of thing. Cause I feel like a lot of these players now have been so vocal about like, man, like it was awful. Like we need fans and like, I don't know, not like the fans weren't appreciated to begin with, but I feel like. No, it, it, definitely uh you and it's in a game yeah we yeah. need them there well travis man i uh i i truly do appreciate you hopping on with us today and oh yeah thanks man you got, you got an interesting story and you got hockey that runs through your veins man and it's, uh it's beautiful to see and i i i hope that you just master that mix and master in process so that we can uh expect some music in 2022 man yeah no i appreciate it mikey and uh thanks uh thanks for having me on man i talk hockey all day man music hockey it's like this is like the perfect show so you got a really you got a really cool uh podcast here and a really solid idea so um good luck with everything in the future it seems like you guys are doing really well so uh congrats and uh appreciate you having me on man all right, Travis, you enjoy your rest of your Saturday. I'll leave us out with uh, a little Peter Riffin for the for the <laughs> listeners. All right, man. Awesome. Hey, thanks a lot, man. All right. Peace. See ya. Golden in the autumn
can't see it, still can't explain it Wish I was saying more All the time I'm missing It's every single time I see you go out the front door But I remember who Everything you want Standing next to you I 